0: Hey tribe, what's up? I'm certified nutrition and life coach, personal trainer, Fahim Mujahid. You guys are officially tuned into the Brief Life Podcast. Guys, I'm excited about this opportunity, but more importantly, I'm excited about this Brief Life movement and what we can accomplish together. Welcome home, Brief Life. Hey tribe, what's up? Welcome to the Brief Life Podcast. This is Coach Fah, coming at you live from the Human Work Studios, and today I'm really, really, really excited. I know that's a lot of reallys, but I'm I'm I can't communicate how much this moment means to me. Not only do I get a chance to flow with one of my all-time favorite authors, but I really get a chance to communicate how much her recent work has really worked into my life and really, really just added a lot of value to. Just kind of like the not only the process that I've gone through recently, just kind of like different, you know, evolutions of members of my own family, but also just, it kind of, it, it became like a piece that I referenced back to consistently, just kind of ties back into a lot of the things that really inspire me, whether it's how to process the evolution of life, you know, how to wrap your mind around just time and what it means to kind of look forward or look beyond in our past. Um, so this moment means a lot to me, and I know I'm rambling on, but I want you guys to meet, um, a very, special guest, a very special guest, Amy Weiss. Thank you for joining me today. I'm really excited. So
1: am I. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy
0: to be here. Awesome. H- hence the nervous energy. So <laughs> right now I kind of feel like I, like there's, there's a voice inside of me that's like, ah, but I'm trying to keep my cool. So I'm a, I'm a little bit nervous, but thank you again for taking the time. As I told you before, nothing equates to, at least to me in my life, when it comes to value, you know, when you have someone commit their time, and energy to being present with you on this journey. It really means a lot. So thank you.
1: Oh, thank you for taking the time to read the book and to share everything you've learned with other people and to do this podcast. So I appreciate that from you too.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So getting right. So just kind of jumping right into it. Um, for those who, who aren't aware, I recently, um, um, well, it was something I was said, unfortunately, before I read this book, but recently had a loss of one of my sisters, Aaliyah. And to be honest, when I was going through that moment, or through that healing process, I've always been a person that's been very connected spiritually. And I was really confused at why it took me so long to process it. You know, there was anger there, there was resentment there, there's confusion there. Um, but to be honest, there was so much beauty um, to, you know, to your book um, that really just kind of spoke to me and it really helped kind of bring me out of that. I call it the the, the abyss that I was in. It really kind of like uplifted me. And it gave, um, I don't know, I, I guess it kind of put words to what I was feeling. Um, so not only am I a huge fan of the cover, the name Crescendo, but I, I'm dying to know what really inspired you to write this literature because I feel like in a lot of ways it saved, it saved my life personally. Um, and I just wanted to know like, the inspiration that went into, I guess, kind of like putting, putting love and light into material form.
1: It's a great question. I um, had been writing nonfiction before this. And I've always been interested in spirituality. I don't think I would write something that's not about spirituality. So I knew I wanted to write a book. I knew I wanted it to be spiritual, but I thought it would be nonfiction. So I was just waiting and waiting for the thing that was going to happen to me that I would write about. The near-death experience that I had that you know totally changed my perspective or a client that walks into my office as a social worker and blows my world apart. And the problem with that is that I just kept waiting and waiting. Nothing mm. ever happens. Kind of a quiet life. And so I was sort of complaining about this to somebody, and he said, Well, you went to school for fiction writing. Why don't you just make it up? And for some reason, I heard that as kind of a, not a heavy thing, like, oh, how do I write a novel? But just a fun puzzle. Like, what would it look like if I took all my favorite spiritual subjects and made them into a storyline? Like, how would that even work? And so Crescendo came about as I was sort of figuring out the answer to that question.
0: Oh, wow. How beautiful. Well, I tell you what. So let's take it, you know me, I'm, I'm, I'm silly, but I'm serious, but I'm silly. So first of all, what I found so captivating is just the way in which you write, you know, like I mean there was times where i was i would I would be reading your literature and it didn't it didn't matter whether or not I was in Whole Foods or if I was on a ride home listening to it on audio because I don't drive and read, obviously, but you just have a way of writing that is, it's inviting but at the same time there's so much warmth there and I just wonder like I just kind of envision you being like five years old and, and your father being like okay it's your turn to do the dishes and then you're like I in this present moment don't really <laughs> feel as if it's within my spiritual being to be weighted down by this response like have you always been like one like have you always been a wordsmith in that way or is it something that you kind of evolved into
1: yeah, well, I definitely didn't get out of doing chores. Yeah, <laughs> but, but yeah, I've always loved writing. I think I remember writing my first story when I was in first grade, nice. and just loving to do that. And reading, I I wanted to learn how to read as best as I can remember. Mm. It was just the main goal I had, and so I learned to read when I was about three, and was just reading and writing, and it's always been my passion. And then I also became interested in psychology in college, and mm. became a social worker, and so. Really, there were two passions of mine. It was writing and creativity and also helping people and healing people. And for a long time, I was bouncing back and forth between the two, and I never really understood how to combine them. Mm. And then with this book and with Miracles Happen, the book I co-wrote before this, I finally understood, oh, you can help people through the creativity, through the mm. art of writing. And so it all came together that way.
0: And you know what? Is this funny you say that because I actually, you know, I actually, it, that, in, in and of itself really resonated with me because, you know, you never really think about like someone else expressing something can actually help you evolve. Mm. But it was actually in in the way you would say things, for me, it was kind of like, aha, you know, and not only that, but I think up into kind of like hearing or reading your words, it was it was really hard to kind of say goodbye, but kind of like say goodbye to that that part of the the evolution. Mm. You know, I think up until that point, there was a lot of still holding on to who my sister is and was to me in that form. But I think in your writing, the way you kind of like communicated that, it was it, it really just made, kind of really gave me a sense of peace and love and, and and it really resonated with me. So the fact that you were able to do that through your creativity is really cool. Oh,
1: thank you, I really appreciate that. And you know, mm. the feelings you were having are completely normal. Elizabeth Kubler Ross wrote about the five stages of grief and mm-hmm. that anger you talk about, and then denial and then despair. Those mm-hmm. are all something pretty much every human's gonna go through when they lose someone they love. And in fact, after I wrote this book, several years after I lost somebody. That mm. I loved, and I had to turn to the book too because I was oh, wow. going through the human
0: oh, wow. feelings. Yeah. So, so even so, even having written the book and and, ha- and coming with that 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 experience and that background and that knowledge, you still found yourself referring back to the book as I did.
1: Absolutely, because oh, I think these weird. words that what you were describing came from something wiser and higher than myself. And I mm. think of myself more as the vessel that mm. had to train, just like you train people. Mm. I had to train to let those messages come through me. But I'm human. And when I lose somebody I love, of course I'm going to grieve and mm-hmm. feel the same exact feelings anybody would feel.
0: Oh, that's beautiful, and that really speaks to me. You kind of like you're you're being the vessel that this energy is and this oneness is working through. And you just never, you know, again, you never know who you're impacting. And and I was drawn to it because this beautiful, beautiful cover. Obviously, um, knowing your other, you know, the other piece of literature that you did prior to this. And I didn't, you know, I didn't go into it with any kind of like. Um, expectations or kind of like what I wanted it to do for me. Um, rarely do I pick up novels. But again, I've been a fan of yours for a while. I was like, you know what, I just want to kind of like get out of my own head for a while. But it was, it ended up being so healing in in, in, a, in a way that I, I can't properly communicate, especially nowhere near to the way in which you communicate. Um, but it, it it was a healing process. And even now I still find myself Um, dog earring and writing on the margins because it really reminds me to kind of tie back to that.
1: Well, that's the greatest compliment you could give an author. And I think that what you were just saying about not having any expectations and just letting it go through you, that's such a good way to go throughout life. Mm -hmm. You know, of course, when you read a book, to have that mindset, but for anything. Mm -hmm. Because the universe knows what it's doing. And sometimes we have to get it out of the way. And when we set our expectations and something spe- we want something specific to happen maybe that's not the most magical thing that's going to happen for us
0: yes i agree wow that's awesome so it's kind of like letting letting go and i guess that's what in a, in a way that kind of like defines faith right having faith in 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 the universe and kind of trusting that everything's going to harmonize itself the way it should
1: yeah and whether you call the universe or god mm-hmm. or whatever word you have for it it's really the same energy yeah. same principle and i think it's guiding us all 100%
0: and, you know, I, and, and it's funny you mentioned that because I think another thing that you communicated very beautifully in, 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 in this piece is regardless of what your religious background or your, or your beliefs about spirituality is, you know, regardless of who you are when you pick this book up, you make everyone feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Because I think there's things, at least that resonated with me, that are universal. Mm-hmm. You know, in particular, one of the things that you speak to a lot of a lot to in this in your book is time. Right, it's kind of like wow, how fragile it, you know it is, but your but your perception of time. And I remember there's a, and I'll be paneling back and forth through this book if I went to every part of this book that really resonated mm-hmm. with me. Um, I, I mean, it's to the point where I I, I got like a tattoo artist like on standby. Like, okay, <laughs> this is the quote I may tat, but wait. So there's a few there's a few that I've I've highlighted over and over again. But one of the things that really stood out to me was. In the old man, and how he was saying, "Do you remember the future, or do you like, do you remember the past?" And she said, "Yes." And he's like, "Can you foresee or envision the future?" She said, "Yes." And then he says something to the extent of, um, "Then forget them both, because neither exists. All you have is this present moment." It's
1: so true, and that's like you were saying, it's true of anybody, regardless of your religion. We're in this human condition; our time is going to expire in this body, and the past—it's a memory, right? It doesn't really exist. You can't hold on to it. It's gone. It's over. The future hasn't happened yet, so it also doesn't exist. Like, literally, the present is all we have, this moment. Mm -hmm. And I feel like every moment is the present moment, you know, with one moment melting into the next. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, I think, too, and and what I thought was really cool, too, when you start thinking about time, some of the things that come up in conversation with my clients is that we get so defined by our past experiences, Mm -hmm. right? And we allow those experiences to define who we are at this present moment. And one of the things that you reference when you start talking about like the flower and the petals is that you have this way of, you have this way of communicating how, instead of looking at the timeline as being something that's linear, what if like, there's like thousands of different versions of who you are that are happening like consecutively. And that kind of looking at it on that, from that perspective, really made it much easier for me to say, Hey, you know what? I might not have I might not have been good at being on time in the past or being healthy in the past or workout, or being consistent with my working out and stuff like that or consciousness practices have been something that's been challenging to me in the past, but it doesn't necessarily mean that those things have to define me in this present moment, nor does it mean that it'll define me in the next. And I think that's something that continues to come up in my health coaching conversations with clients, but also I see that throughout people just in my personal life as well. Um, so coming to that conclusion... One is that really is that how you you two like live your life? Kind of like always reinventing yourself, or do you find that there's certain corners that you always feel like you take with you even into the next version of yourself?
1: Well, I'm still human, so I do feel like I carry a lot of things from the past. But when I become conscious of it, then I realize, okay, that's just a story I'm telling myself. That's something that might have existed 15 years ago, or that
0: mm-hmm. could have
1: been true 30 years ago. Somebody told me when I was eight years old, something, and I'm still carrying it around, but it's not true anymore. Mm -hmm. And there's something... I can't remember the author's name right now. Oh, Byron Katie. She had said in an interview, everything you're doing at any moment, you're either standing up, lying down, or sitting, and everything else is just a story.
0: Oh, wow. And sometimes
1: when I remember that, that really shocks me into present moment consciousness.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Good thing this thing is recorded. (laughs) I'm going to look that up. I'm going to write that quote down.
1: Yeah, it's great. So everything we carry around us from the past really is just that it's a story we tell ourselves and in some sense that's comforting because it gives us a sense of continuity and identity mm-hmm. but really we can let that go at any time once we're aware of that
0: oh that's awesome
1: and it's so liberating when you remember to do that
0: yeah yeah and speaking of remembering you know i know constantly you know when i'm talking to clients they're always looking for like tools or tips on how they can be live a more conscious life right and when you think about just even what you said and being aware of that story that you're telling yourself and trying to make sure that you're doing the best you can to stay con- you know, stay as conscious as possible. Are there certain ways or, or tools that you use throughout your day to kind of help you stay connected to that? Because I could see how it could be so it's so easy to get distracted by just the day-to-day routine of life itself, right?
1: Oh, very much so, especially living in a city like Miami. You know, you can yeah. be very centered, and then you go in the car, and you go on the street, and you right. lose your call. Right. Um, so for me, meditation helps. I like um, chanting, mantra, oh, physical nice. thing. Yeah. Nice. And reading spiritual books, really, I think for me is the main way that it centers it. And you sort of, just like with anything, with healthy eating or flossing or what, what have you, mm-hmm. you just make it into a practice. And the mm-hmm. more you do it, the more natural it becomes and the more your mind might automatically go into that place.
0: That's awesome. You know, and speaking, I think a lot of times, speaking of kind of like reading spiritual pieces or pieces of literature, I feel like there, and I don't know if this is something that just that I felt or this is something that you get consistently, but there was a lot of alchemists in crescendo. Mm-hmm. Like there was like, there was definitely like a common thread. Like for me, the alchemist transform takes me to a different place and it really just puts this calmness where I'm like, everything's gonna work itself out. And I feel like crescendo was able to have that same hold over me. But I think it it did it in a more I would probably say there was a there was it, it did it in a more loving, inclusive way. I think alchemists, and a lot of times, I feel like I'm looking into this story, and I'm like, okay, how this story resonates with me. Whereas I feel like Christina was a story about me, and trying to help me kind of like uncover some of the aspects of myself that I'm not yet aware of. Have you ever found that someone has communicated kind of like having that similarity as far as connection with with other pieces? It doesn't necessarily have to be alchemists, but was there other influences that went into kind of like? The birthing process of this piece of literature for you?
1: Well, you definitely picked up on The Alchemist, which was one that's something that's always nice. I've loved. Nice.
0: I thought yeah. I was crazy. I thought I was losing my mind. No,
1: no, no. <laughs> it was definitely the spiritual parable,
0: yeah. you know,
1: like that um, was important for writing this book. Um, so books like The Celestine Prophecy, which I really loved, which is taking a story in a novel, using it to illustrate spiritual concepts. Nice. Um, and there's an author that I didn't know about until about a week ago named Ben Okri, okay. who is an African author, and he—I can't think of the name of his book right now, but I just started reading it. I'm about a chapter into it, and there's almost the same words as in some parts of my book. Oh, wow. And he had written it before I did. i have never read him. You know, yeah, I wasn't consciously stealing it, but yeah. it, it means that we're tapping into the same kind of universal truth. I think it means that.
0: Absolutely. And so it's
1: really exciting to read books like that um, and see— that's the same, same, same thought. Maybe slightly different words. Right.
0: Yeah. 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 That's beautiful. It, it kind of reminds me of uh, Big Magic, Elizabeth Gilbert. Oh yeah. It's kind of like tying and connected to that same energy.
1: Yes. Exactly. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. That's and awesome. And she talks about having an idea, and if you don't act on it, it might fly off. Right. The next right. Author. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Which is why I think it's so beautiful and unifying with literature. Like I think you know you're you're obviously blessed with a gift to be able to write as beautifully as you do. And more importantly, I think you. I think the for me, what really resonates is your ability to be able to make the person feel like they're there on this journey with you. So to be able to use that gift that you have, you know, I really just find that it's a way to unify people who may a lot of times feel lost. It kind of unifies us all together. So even in just having this conversation, we're drawing different influences from other pieces of work that all tie into that same one energy. And it's really cool.
1: Yeah. Thank you. And you make a great point about the unity because like we were saying with time, we're all humans and, or, you know, some of us more than others. Are. Right, right. But we're all going to, we're all going to lose our loved ones. We're all going to have loved ones. We're all going to feel lost at times. We're all going to mm-hmm. grieve. All of those things are universal. Mm-hmm. And so no matter, you know, where a person is in reading this, those are themes that are going to apply to everybody.
0: 100%. And knowing and having the experience that you have in in in, in the knowledge that you have, right? Does it make and losing someone, does it, does it make it feel less of a loss? Because I know you, you referenced the just, just how we evolve. And I love how you pair that back to kind of like graduating from the first grade, right? I knew I wasn't ready to go. I mean, naps, <laughs> Teddy Grahams. I mean, I was not ready to leave that <laughs> environment and go. So you reference that being kind of like the next step. So I wonder, like, even what you're, I know you're saying that there's, you know, obviously you're human, right? So we all deal with the same things. But does it make the idea of losing someone easier for you?
1: I don't know that for me it does. It might Mm -hmm. be that the length or depth of your pain might be less when you understand that you are a soul, your loved ones are souls. Mm -hmm. The souls never die. The bodies die. But you'll be reunited with their souls again and again and again. Mm -hmm. So I don't know that really you would feel less grief. But for me, I feel less fear about my own death. That's mm-hmm. where I really notice the difference. Oh, so I'll definitely feel feel the pain of losing others. But for myself, I'm not so worried about what's going to happen after I die because I really believe my soul will go on and be born into another form or physical form or body. And so I'm at peace with that.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Well, I tell you what, you do have a, a beautiful way of communicating. I was... Uh, having a conversation with Jenny and I was telling her like, man, after I read your book, it's, it's, it seems so exciting. I just, I was just running in the middle of the night. My wife was (laughs) like, are you going to use your reflectors? I was like, no, No. life is beautiful, but it's fragile, but it's beautiful. (laughs) Read crescendo. I'll be back in 45 minutes. So you have, again, you have a way of adding, you know, giving words to feelings, but also clarifying some of the things that I still were, you know, I, I, you know, there are questions that we all are wrestling with. And that humanizes us and it unifies us at the same time. So for you to be able to speak to some of that, it really, really just kind of helped put a lot of my, put a lot of those thoughts at ease. Oh, so thank that you. was really cool.
1: But don't rush to your death. Because no, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely
0: not. I hope I hope to be able to live a long, beautiful, prosperous life, hopefully to some way resemble the beautiful life in which this, you know, you're the, the person that you referenced in this book. The, although the complexities and the evolution of life changed varied throughout the book, there was still a common longevity of love and peace. And I hope to be able to communicate that back into my life as well.
1: So. Oh, you are. And, and life in this physical form, in this earth, it's it's a school, like we were saying earlier, but it's also a gift. And mm-hmm. so while death might not be scary and it might be beautiful and peaceful in its own way, mm-hmm. we're here for a reason. Right. You know, we might not know exactly what it is yet, but mm-hmm. definitely partaking in the beauty of earth and being kind to other people and helping them along their path and being a good parent like you are and all of these things together are reasons why we are born into this body.
0: Oh, well, so, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah,
1: don't leave before
0: it's time. Right. <laughs> so one of the things I told myself I wasn't going to do because, I, again, I there's so many parts in your book that really resonate. I was like, I'm not going to have an Oprah moment where I open the book and then I read the line. <laughs> um, but one of the areas that I always go back to, and this is something that I, I constantly read. I probably read this part of your book probably three times, four times a, a week. Mm. And it's when you say she there there's a part in the book where she referenced you know there's no there's no science in loss or and Mm -hmm. you know and she's like if if going through this grief if if i were to gain or if i have to gain a knowledge from this i don't i'd rather not learn anymore Mm -hmm. if it's going to soften the grief that i have to go through and i i took that or i understood that to mean, at least to me like as you're going on your own journey fulfilling and, and figuring out what your purpose in this life is you're gonna you're gonna run against challenges. It's something that we all do. But having the resilience to work beyond that, you talk to or you reference in that book around on that passage that there's something that you're you're learning through going through this experience that you can not only learn for yourself, but at some point you may be called to teach that, teach that to someone else. Mm-hmm. So for me, whenever I'm having a hard day or it's very challenging for me because I'm running against some kind of resistance, I really feel like I always go back to that because that really helps me say, okay, well, you know, if i am, there, may be something in this experience that you're going to be called to speak to someone else that can really kind of help them out of whatever situation they're in. Um, so I really found that to be something that it, it, I mean, it, it was kind of like a warm soup on a cold day. It really, it really just made me feel, it made me feel great. And I, I, I just wonder, like, where did that that understanding? Have you always? kind of felt like this journey that you're going on, there's parts of what you're going through that are, that's going to be able to inspire other people or is it something that you kind of matured into as you kind of grew into the, you know, to the author that you are today?
1: That's a good question. I'm not sure when or where it came from, but what you're speaking to is the wounded healer archetype in mythology. Hmm. And that's, that's when you've been through the fires, you know, and you see somebody else going through that, you're uniquely qualified to help them because you know what it's like in a way that other people might not. And so we're all, we all have our own personal challenges. And I think when you have something and somebody else is going through it, you are able to teach them because like, I know for me, I've, I've had issues with depression in my life. Mm -hmm. And when I see somebody suffering, it's like my heart just immediately opens to them Mm -hmm. in a way that it might not be so open, you know, with some other issue, because I know exactly what they feel and I know what Mm -hmm. they're going through. And it's not that I've solved that problem forever, but it's empathy. Mm -hmm. You know, I know what that feels like. And so yeah, I think it's really important to be able to when you're ready turn the suffering around and and use it for the greater good of humanity, just like you're talking about mm-hmm. so anything you've been through or anybody else that's an obstacle or a difficulty really is a path to healing not only yourself but the world
0: mm-hmm. yeah, that's awesome that's awesome you know one of the things that stands out a lot in 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 you know in the book is The way in which you reference different chapters, the names you use. And I I told myself, you know, if you're ever blessed with an opportunity to sit in front of her and have a conversation, (laughs) ask, you know, really get into the thought process that went into like even something as simple as naming each title. Like where where did that inspiration come from?
1: I think music was always a metaphor from the very beginning of this book. Mm-hmm. Because music for me, it's, it's a language and it's a very healing language and it is universal like we we're talking about. You know, mm-hmm. anybody in any country can listen to the same piece of music and have similar emotions. And so much is being conveyed just through the emotion of music without even using any language or words. And so I think from the beginning, I knew that that aria, the character in the book was going to be a musician. And I knew it was going to be a big metaphor because I really do feel like our lives are pieces of music. Mm-hmm. you know and we're the composers of how that's going to sound is it going to be a depressing piece of music or in a minor key or can we make it you know a major key or whatever we want and mm-hmm. we're all these beautiful little songs playing at the same time
0: oh that's awesome
1: and so the, I think the idea came somewhat from there
0: yeah well I, I tell you what it's this beautiful and I and I and you know obviously you represent a lot in the book and I think one of the things I left with a better, uh, you know, I guess I've always had an appreciation for music, but I think after reading your book, I went out and started like downloading like all classical music because (laughs) I'm like, wow, there's a lot of influence and inspiration that clearly you get from um, from music um, throughout the book. But I was like, you know what? I wonder if I'm tapping into as much inspiration through this art form as possible. So, um, not only is that a constant you know, throughout the throughout the, the book. But I agree, it's one of the beautiful and unique ways that unify us all together. That's
1: wonderful
0: that's, to hear. Awesome. that's awesome. You know, it's funny because I think one of the things too that really kind of also spoke to me was that you're saying that even though you reference kind of making the left or making the right, right? And how decisions can kind of lead to one, you know, something else. So it's almost like a snowball effect. And at any point in time, there was a time where Ariel could have, went either way. And there would have been not only an impact on her life personally, but she also would impact other people as she went on her journey. But one of the things that I thought was cool is that even regardless of what direction she went, that there's a belief that there are still people that you're still supposed to come in contact with. And you you may, based off of what direction you go in, you may take something different from that interaction with that person, but it's still a part of your path to, to, at some point, Come to meet that person, like the old man at the river. Is that something you believe? I thought that was really cool. That was the first time I heard that. I, you know, I, I read a lot of spiritual books, um, The Power of Now, Deepak Chopra, but I've never. So you hear like the idea of being able to control and and making the decision for how and what in which vein or which way you want to live your life and being able to visualize that. But that was the first time I heard that. Like regardless of what you visualize, there's still some people that you're. You're tied to, and at some point, you're supposed to always connect with, regardless of what you take from that. And I just thought that was very unique and in in a in its own way. And I just kind of wanted to talk to you a little bit about that. Like, wow, I mean, did you? I mean, how? Where did that come from?
1: Well, I think you're you're touching on a bunch of different ideas, which is free will and destiny, and also soul contracts, and they all come together in a really marvelous way, like you've just expertly explained. And my belief is. So before we're born, before we incarnate in this physical body, we sort of set up situations and conditions and people that we're going to meet in life. Mm -hmm. I don't know how detailed it is, but it could be, okay, I'm going to meet Fahim in 2017 or whenever I met you. Mm -hmm. Now, what I do with that meeting is up to me. That's where free will and destiny come in. So say I met a soulmate. Say I met the man I was going to marry, and I decided "Mm, I don't like the way he looks. I don't like his religion. He's a little too old for me. He doesn't have enough money, whatever it is. Those are my choices. I set up that I was going to meet him. Or I could say, you know what? This is the man. I'm going to marry him. Mm -hmm. That's my choice. And so my life could go in radically different directions depending on what choice I make when I meet the person that I had set up to meet. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it could be you could set up a physical condition for your body like a physical disability or emotional. Mm -hmm. But you've seen how people can handle those things in totally different ways. It might energize somebody and propel them to healing and being a spokesperson for the conditioner, whatever it is, somebody else might just give up. Mm -hmm. These are all, so we set up, I think the things. And then as we move through life, we sort of navigate how we're going to accept them, how we're going to deal with them.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. So there's a, and I'm sure you get this question a lot, especially, um, um, you know, due to, due to your, your work of art, do you believe that you have a predestined outcome to where you're, to your life? Or do you feel like that's something that you could create or visualize for yourself? Or do you feel like there's a structure that's already in place?
1: I don't know the answer to that question. I, it's definitely something I ask myself. It could be that, um, we are co-creating as we go along with God or the universe and we're sort of partners in what's going to happen. Or it could be more like the way I think of it is, okay, so say I was going to leave right now and go to the airport I could take one road that's going to get me there pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Or I could say, oh, you know what? There's traffic on that road. I'm going to go a different direction. It's going to be more scenic. It's going to take me twice as long. It might be a more fun drive. Mm-hmm. And so either way, I'm going to end up at the airport, ultimately. <laughs> but the way I have to get there might be totally different right, and right. a different experience. But that ultimately, yeah, I would have that predestined. Yeah, yeah.
0: that's an awesome analogy. And, it, and and it's funny because, it, it again, uh, it makes it easier to be able to go with you on a journey and understand is that, I mean, I think analogies are beautiful because it's a way of putting people in that same, not only position with you, but making it to where it's easy to digest and understand for other, for other people. So even on that story about going to the airport, it, it really helped a lot with understanding um, your, philo- your philosophy about um, kind of like our determined paths in life. And I think that's really cool. You know, one of the things I was having a conversation with, um, one of my clients the other day and I, you know i think my clients probably purchased almost every book on amazon by now of of crescendo but <laughs> one of the things that always you know it comes up okay well when i tell clients to read certain pieces is because if it, it, it at some point it moved me and i think that we can all that's the thing that's the beautiful thing about knowledge and and you can always share that with other people and they're going to take something else from it. So just being that I have this moment in time with you and speaking to you, the author of this piece, you know, because it comes up often, what, what do you want the reader to take from Crescendo?
1: I would like them to understand their nature as souls and to know they're not their body, that they're more than that. And that they're immortal and eternal and they'll live on again and again and again. So not to have so much fear about death, but also about living life. Mm -hmm. And I would hope that in some way, like I hope it did for you, is to heal grief and suffering about death and losing Mm -hmm. our loved ones. Absolutely. That was one of the main um, points I had for writing this book. And also just to kind of open our eyes that there's more out there to Mm -hmm. the world than we might see normally. So, yeah, we're living our life in this setting in Miami or wherever you're listening from, but there's also a whole other world, I think, that's operating at the same time. And that's a really beautiful, eternal, magical world.
0: So that's just, awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. And, you know, you speak to like kind of like opening your eyes. Have it, has like putting together this beautiful piece of literature, has there been kind of like there you know, how people received the piece and, how, you know, is there anything that's been somewhat surprising to you and how, like, I imagine you get people all the time that communicate to you as far as how important your, this book was to them and helping them has any of that feedback or or just kind of like what you've experienced since writing this has it, has anything came as kind of like a shock or um you know kind of like things that you know maybe you didn't expect on the other on the other end of completing when you completed the book
1: Yeah, I don't know if it's so much of a shock but it's just it moves me to tears when somebody emails me and writes that they had some kind of solace or healing even a, a minuscule amount but some kind of peace from reading it Mm-hmm. And again, I don't take credit for that. That all comes from something far greater than I am. Right. Um, but I just feel their emotions at that moment, and it's so gratifying and humbling to to be in any way related to somebody else's healing. Mm-hmm. So yet to get even the what you're saying, the emails, it's just it's it's an incredible experience.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I imagine, and I it you know, and again, I I'm excited because one, like I said, I don't. I have a copy of, in my studio, and I have a copy of in my in my vehicle. I really, I literally don't go a day without, um, panning through the pages and at least coming across or looking at the book because the book itself. Sometimes just seeing it reminds me to stay conscious. So, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. this is a big deal to me. So, thank you again.
1: Uh, thank you. There you go. You answered the previous question. That just to hear that is is unbelievably moving to me so thank
0: you so much nice nice well so this is a really cool part so so this is the part of the podcast that I call the red zone I come from a football background and red zone is kind of like not only all the beautiful um, uh, definitions or meanings behind the color red which we can go on and on about but it really just serves as I'm going to throw three questions at you and I just really want whatever comes to mind all right so two things that you love
1: my cat and all animals.
0: Nice.
1: And um, Mother Earth, the physical planet. it's really important to me to connect with her and to take part of all this beauty that's around us so i'm going to costa rica in a few days nice yeah nice
0: are you gonna are you gonna hang 10 you gonna catch any waves while you're out there
1: definitely not i'm not that physically coordinated (laughs) but i will enjoy the waves nice nice well
0: take take pictures and make sure you put them on your insta story because i follow you so i'm excited i'm excited to go through living what it's like to be in costa rica although i'll be here I'm sure you'll be able to transport me there. (laughs) But which brings me to my next question. If you could run away anywhere, where would you go?
1: Oh, gosh. There's so many places I would go. But I think, um, you know, Italy is a place where I always feel just charmed. Mm. And obviously the food is incredible. But it's somewhere Mm. where I just really enjoy life. And so I would run away there right now.
0: (laughs) Now I want pasta when I get home. Thanks a lot. I appreciate that. (laughs)
1: Carbs.
0: (laughs) Right? All right. And then the last question, one thing you know to be true.
1: I think that we're all here to love one another and that love is really the reason why we are here. And so it's loving each other, loving ourselves, loving being alive. I think I know love to be true.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, speaking of love, I don't think that there's any way that I could communicate to you how much love I have for this moment and for your spirit to be here to share with me in this moment in time. I think it's something that I know is something that I'll always cherish and I don't know what I... Done to accumulate enough blessings for this moment. But I really appreciate it and it warms my heart that you were able to be in a position where you would welcome the opportunity to sit down and share this moment with me, but also to our listeners. I think what we need now is more love. And I think the undertone that's been consistent in Crescendo is that love. And it unifies us. And I think now more than ever, that that sense of connection and love, you know, is, is something that needs to be communicated consistently. And I'm I'm just so honored to be in your space to share your energy and I I I I humbly accept this beautiful energy in your presence and being here. So thank you for taking time.
1: Thank you so much. I send you much love and to all the listeners out there too. Oh,
0: that's thank awesome. you. Thank you. Awesome. All right, guys. So that's it. I know it's I know you got waiting for me to say something epic, but I'm just <laughs> gonna pass out actually after this interview i'm just really gonna pass out but thank you guys for tuning in to today's podcast i'm so excited thank you again amy weiss for taking time out of your day um and like i said every every time we get together try to live with love and light and whatever you do breathe life into it um again we're all connected and whenever you get a chance go and rush out and get crescendo i think you're going to find that it's going to inspire you and move you in, in beautiful ways